Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Well, greetings to our audience. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. We're very happy to be continuing with our Think Like a Leader series. And today we're talking with Eric Nixon. Eric is president of Marin Electric in the Chicago area. Some of you may remember the name Marin from years past because Eric's dad was also involved with the company. So thanks very much, Eric, for being with us this morning. We appreciate your time. It is my pleasure. So Marin is approaching its 100th anniversary. That's a long time for a company. As you think about Marin's history, are there certain lessons learned that have influenced your approach to leading the firm? Things that you're definitely doing different than your predecessor or things that you've continued because of your predecessor? Well, that, that's a big question. And I would say, of course, I've learned some lessons and tried to apply them the best I possibly could. I was fortunate. My dad was a, a very good mentor. Uh, but like all mentors, you learn the things to do and things maybe you would do different. And then the environment that we work in changes. The people that come into the industry change. And you really need to change with it. But the basics, I would think, is building a good leadership team. That is what I watched my dad do. And I believe I have been able to do and uh, have these people vested and don't quit checking in and communicating a, a lot of times you know people are brought into certain positions and communication goes to the wayside and you really have to check in with your team and listen to your team and i think that's a little bit different than what it was back in my father's era you know there's more participation around the table when you think about the growth overall economic growth in the Chicago area. Do you need to continually evaluate the way you approach leadership before you make decisions about particular projects? So a, a large project in a certain part of the metropolitan area might get a different approach from you than something elsewhere? Or is the leadership across the board, no matter where the project is, no matter how much the Chicago area is growing. I, th I think the leadership is the same, figuring out what, if I understood the question correctly, figuring out what works to your strengths mm -hmm. is, is very important and not trying to pretend you're something that you're not or use a project that would not be in your normal wheelhouse to learn on if it's beyond the scope and size that you traditionally work in. I mean, we all want to grow and do bigger projects and more interesting projects and more highly technical projects. But I feel 
in the Chicago area. I think the contractors, each contractor, and I have some amazing competition here. You know, everybody's great. But, you know, there are people that specialize in certain things. And, um, you know, we consider how projects fit in our wheelhouse before we decide to move ahead. As we think about some of the EC industry trends, are there some things that require your attention right now that you really need to make sure you're prepared for so that you'll be ready to move from concept to action over the next couple of years? Are there some things that are really standing out as new trends that you've just got to pay attention to? I would say yes, and it's mostly in the technology world. Um, you know, lighting controls and, and lighting have changed so much since I was uh, a young man. You know, we used to slap two by fours in the ceiling and just run. And now um, the lighting is, you know, way more specialized, takes way more time to get approved, takes way more time to install. And um, we really think a lot about supply chain issues as it relates to technology, because some of the parts cannot be had. We also think about training. We're always trying to train. Um, using lighting controls as an example, it has evolved so much in the last five years, and you can make, have an installation of, let's say, a, a Lutron on a project, and the next project you do is a totally different technology. And I feel we have to provide our team with continual education through ECA or meeting with manufacturers. And by ECA, of course, I mean Nika Chicago. When you think about the important decisions that you have to make about products and systems and what to use, how do you motivate and lead your team to want to learn how to use the new technologies and the new products rather than falling back on the, how oh, we used to do it that way, that's good enough. Well, I think it's dictated by the engineer unless we're doing um, design build. And I think I've been blessed with working with people that much rather put in the hard work in learning than being embarrassed on a project. And um, education just makes things easier. And I think Nika has provided outstanding education for us, either on a national basis or Chicago. And I have never found a team member that says, I don't want to attend. The, the worst it would be is like, I wish I could attend, but I got this meeting. You know, let me know when it's coming back. We noticed in your website that Marin has received 43 or more awards over the years. Do you use the potential for an award, whether it's a safety award or a production award, whatever? Do you use that as a motivational factor to help you to get your workforce to think more creatively as they uh, get into each project and each challenge? Yes, I, I believe in awards, um, the external awards, also internal awards that we give to individuals for a variety of things. Recognition is important, I think, for a team and goals that come with some of the awards, like when you're talking about safety, 
you know, it's something that's front and center in people's minds. And um, I think it does make a difference in the pride that people have about their company and how they can contribute to help uh, get awards. In your website, Marin also notes, and I'm going to quote this, it says, exceptional design build capabilities and your ability to reduce costs. So here's the question. Are there conflicts that come up between being exceptional at design build and your intent as a leader to also help to reduce costs on a project? How do you how do you marry the two of those? Well, um, we've been involved in a wide variety of design build. It would be, you know, straight up design build and design assist. And I feel less, there's less design and build where owners feel comfortable going that way, at least in Chicago, on certain types of projects. Um, But when that opportunity does come up, um, I think, you know, we take the code, we take the intent of the narrative we typically receive, and we put out a lot of choices um, for owners to make along the way. And, you know, as, as long as we stay within the code and they understand the difference, you know, something simple like aluminum versus copper, you know, so the owners that don't buy this every day understand what the difference is besides the price point. And um, I, I hope that answered the question. Absolutely. When you think about your workforce, do you find that um, you really need to spend additional time and effort with new employees so that they also understand that it's not just the way they're doing a project and the quality of it, which obviously are first and foremost, but that they also have to be taught and nurtured how to work toward reducing costs in order to keep the company viable and profitable? I I would say we do an adequate job of it. Right now, our labor market is pretty tight. So unfortunately, when we bring new people in for training before they go on a job, many times these people don't last that long. So I think we could always do a better job of of teaching that to the everyday journey person. I believe that our general foreman, foreman and superintendent get it. Uh, You raise a great question that makes me want to look into it more to see exactly how we're doing and find out if we are messaging and uh, if it is making a, a, a difference. I believe we do a good job with that with our general foreman and foreman. When you think about the workforce, not just the field on the project, but the people that you need to run the company, all the different departments, the estimating, the accounting, the marketing, all of it. Are you finding a sufficient interested potential workforce in the Chicago area or is finding quality, well-educated people becoming even more difficult in your area of the country? You know, that's a very good question. And I think we have been uh, fortunate um, that we've had some long-term team members here. And when we're 
in a growth pattern, which we recently have been, um, we have been fortunate to find people, but, you know, you got to take into consideration how long it takes to do it. And it is taking longer to find the right people. Also, you know, I don't want to take us on a tangent, but since COVID, there's been, you know, many people that we've spoke to that, you know, would love to come here, but they also want to work from home. And we find a perfectly good or outstanding candidate and then they drop that on us and you know our company is of the mind that we need to build a culture together and that what we do for a living is highly interactive and we feel we have greater success working together in the same space and person to person than we do with remote um, individuals. And honestly, we have lost a few people because we said, no, we're not a work at home company. So that's been a challenge for us. Let me switch gears a little bit and talk about the association side. Electric International, the foundation and Marin Electric have a long standing relationship going back to when your dad, Jerry Nixon, served in a leadership role for them and now with you at the helm of the company. And you've also served as governor of the Chicago ECA, Electrical Contractors Association. When you think about Electri International in terms of its research and education portfolio, are there specific programs or research projects that have been done over the years that have really been instrumental in your thinking and in helping you figure out ways of doing things as you lead your company or as you lead the other members of your Chicago chapter? Yes, I mean, I have always loved um, participating in LMCC, um, and I used to attend a lot of, you know, the conferences with my father. And I think everybody should do a tour of duty at the LMCC and participate in the choosing of what they study. And um, I, I think it's an amazing, eye-opening experience. And you know, in the old days, I used to love when I got my hard copy of new researcher studies, and that would be a, a trigger for me to dive into whatever the topic was, and most of which are very relatable to a typical electrical contractor. There are some specialty studies that go on um, that I haven't really dug into, but since it went to the website, and the website was improved in my mind, it's been very easy for me to go there and check on stuff. Also the notifications that you guys have been putting out indicating there's new stuff to look for. It's been great. And, you know, I think I'm a technical person and use technology well, but I really love the documents and I print them still and i know a lot of people look at them online but i like to make notes and highlight and then run them through the xerox machine and share them with appropriate team members but i i think it's a wealth of knowledge you said lmcc but i think you meant electric international electric yes i am 
so involved in our LMCC, it just rolls right. off the tongue. Um, I apologize. What do you bring to the Electric Council table as one of the industry's truly most respected leaders? What do you bring when you walk into that room? Well, I must admit, I have not been um, attending like I used to because I got overly involved in our particular Chicago chapter. And there was only so many committees I could participate on. But I think when I was more involved, I think you bring your perspective and you bring your experience and, you know, your thirst for knowledge. And it took a meeting or two before I would raise my hand, you know, um, and got comfortable. But it was nice to be able to participate and interact with your, you know, industry peers and also hear some of the things they want to learn about and some of the studies they would like to see that would open my eyes. And hopefully I brought some ideas to the table when I was more involved that made sense and uh, opened other people's eyes to issues. Well, in our conversation this morning, you have a chance to help open their eyes a little bit more because I'm going to ask you this. Are there certain research topics or education initiatives that you'd like to see Electric International take on over the next two to three years that you think could really help to advance the industry? Wow. I have less preparation for that question, and it is such a good question. I don't know if I could suggest things. I I think really anything technology-based is okay. outstanding, but it also, you know, has a short shelf life for the bang for the buck. And I think a lot of the things that I've seen out there is, you know, like key performance indicators, you know, I've seen stuff on that, but there's always a desire on my part to see more education on how I can dig into our company with facts and figures and use it to make decisions. Were there specific steps that you took personally to prepare yourself to lead your company? Um, I think what I did was I worked outside of the industry after I graduated college as a 13-year-old working in the warehouse. You wouldn't think that would have much, wouldn't really provide much to your growth. But, you know, when I did get involved in the industry, again, you know, I realized I knew the names of all the material. I used to, in summers, uh, work with our purchasing agent, checking invoices, and then ended up in the field working for four years and then learning to estimate and learning to project manage. And I think I became well-rounded. I understood the difficulties of each position, though they're different today than they were when I did each of those jobs. But it, I think anything you can do to make yourself well-rounded in every aspect of what we do 
is very beneficial. You can be a more interactive leader that actually can listen and understand and participate in solving problems better. There are other members of our audience today who are in the same position that you were of having a family business probably being expected to come into the business and eventually even taking over the business. Based on your experience, would you recommend to them that they consider stepping away from the business and doing something different for a while before coming back into it as part of their own personal growth plan to help them be a better leader once they are involved with the company? You know, I think it, depending on what they do, it could help them be a better leader. But I think more importantly, if there's something that they really have interest in outside of the business, it's best to pursue that so you don't end up with regrets. I mean, in my instance, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian and did that for seven years. And so I think you would be less fulfilled sitting in a chair of a family business feeling that you never took a chance to do something else. And I think it really put me in the position of saying, okay, I like this electrical business. I'm going to do my best to participate in the company and, you know, work towards leadership. Where do you see the industry going? Where is it going to be three years from now or five years from now? Is electrical contracting on a continuing rise? Is it plateaued? What's your personal opinion about the future of the industry as a whole? I I think there's... Uh, room for much, much more growth, especially with, you know, the infrastructure needed for EV. Um, I think, you know, the world of data centers and in certain aspects of what gets built and has been getting built will exist. I get nervous about, you know, what the future of officing looks like. So there might not be that same need there. But I feel that the industry is in in a great place for growth. I just hope that we can have the talent to grow with it, both in the field and the office. When you think back over all the different bits and pieces of advice that different people have given you, whether it was when you were in school or when you were learning certain things in the company or even when you were doing the stand-up comic bit, because I'm sure that there were people telling you, hey, kid, don't do that. Hey, kid, that was really funny, whatever. Was there ever one piece of advice that you got that you remember to this day as really being important that helped to make you into the leader that you are now? You know, there were so much, but one piece would be, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And um, to, you know, expand on that, the way I took it from learning from my dad was to build a team with the smartest people and learn from them and interact with them. And I think that goes a long way. And I've also was told you can't do it alone. And the way I took that was not only an internal team, 
but relationships in the industry, um, be it with manufacturers, distributors, even your competitors, because sometimes we come together and work together on projects. So both those have really stood out for me. Eric, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you really want to make sure our audience knows? The only thing that I would suggest, because this was a little bit of reminiscing, thinking about when I was more involved in electric, and I would just suggest that for for those people who have the bandwidth to get involved with electric, if they haven't, or if they you know have been involved in other aspects or committees, um, both in their local chapter or nationally, that. They do get involved with Electri. Attend one of the sessions. Maybe go at the convention um, and just learn about it because there's so much to be learned with the people in that room and everybody. It doesn't matter what size company, how long you've been a part of it, has the right to raise their hand and share an opinion and be part of improving the industry because what electricity has done has improved the industry. Well, Eric, thanks so much for giving us your time and your very, very cogent thoughts this morning. Clearly, <laughs> you have built a team. It's a good team. And saying that you don't have to be the smartest one in the room, I'm not sure that a leader doesn't have to be a little bit smarter than some of the other people, but surrounding yourself, obviously, with smart people and the talent. The talent will always win out over you. So thank you again. And to our audience, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you learn a little bit every time we have a new episode. Welcome to 2023. You can go to electric.org to find all of our Think Like a Leader interviews. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electric.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening.